0: pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for um, our speaker, Mr. Williamson, Lord. I pray that you give him the wisdom, Lord, from your um, word, the Bible, Lord. pray that you open up our hearts and ears and that we may listen and remember your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great. Well, we're continuing in the uh, book of James, so if you turn with me to chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. Wonderful to see those puppets this morning, a real talent there. And uh, let's just read together then. Verse 11, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Well, I wonder if at some stage in your life you've been the target of criticism, you feel somebody's judged you, who's hurt you. It's most likely you have at some point in your Christian life or maybe you've become aware that you you were the person that was dishing it out. There was once a young couple who uh, went to marriage counselling and the young lady said, there's something really serious I've got to discuss with you that I, I'm really concerned about my husband and I really don't like. And he, the counsellor was expecting something really dramatic and serious. Anyway, she said, I hate the way he eats an apple. How can any good person crunch their way through an apple like that? It's just disgusting. disgusting. I don't know what else they discussed, but I'm sure it was more than apples. But when we are in the book of James here, we see that James, through this book, is dealing with multiple problems. It almost reminds you of the the situation in Corinth, doesn't it? And the huge dramas that the Apostle Paul was dealing with there. And we need to remember that many of James' listeners were Jewish. They'd become Christians, but they had a strong Jewish background. And they knew exactly what uh, James was talking about when he referred to the law. And uh, we can have that on the screen when it comes up. And the law, we understand, of course, is the first five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And it's just such a wonderful, rich document. It's, It's the expression of the character and the will of God and so when james nails this point home to us here as they're thinking the law our precious honored law and james is telling us that we're we're going against that and even even setting ourselves up as judge over the law god forbid who would do such a thing but this is what james is pointing out and in <clears throat> we remember in chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 when James was telling us about the law too, he said, If, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So to break one part of God's law is to break and go against the whole thing. But so then, who would dare to set themselves up against or over the law? And to speak against a Christian brother or sister is to scorn the law of love. Let's just have a look at that in Leviticus. If you turn with me to Leviticus chapter 19, and we're going to read just at verse 14. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great. Well, this sounds like the book of James, doesn't it? But judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Well, there's our subject for today. Do not let anything that endangers your neighbor's. Oh, sorry. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly, so you will not share in his guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. There's that wonderful <laughs> royal law: love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So it's almost as if when James writes, he's expanding the heart and depth of the law of Moses. And isn't that what Jesus did in Matthew? When at the the Sermon on the Mount, and some people say, oh, well, Jesus was, you know, playing fast and loose with the law, and he was changing it. No, he wasn't changing it. He was looking into the heart of it. He was expanding it. He was... Saying, hey, you people, this is what the heart of the law really is in your behavior and your heart relationship with God. So let's ask ourselves a question what is judging? And what damage does it cause? We understand the meaning of this word to be to speak against or speak evil of, to slander or criticize or accuse. And we know very much what we read in chapter 3 of James, don't we? All about the tongue. And here's James, he's hammering it again. What are you saying against your neighbour? And boy, it's so easy, isn't it, to criticise. It can become an occupation, a pastime, a hazard. And let's just look at a list on the screen of typically some And there's thousands of different areas, but there's areas that people choose to criticise or we might criticise each other. Maybe it's because of age. We look down on children and say, you're only a child. I don't think much of you. Remember what uh, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Maybe it's because of a person's nationality or disabilities. Maybe it's the defenceless people that we look down and say, oh, look at that person, they're they're just poor and destitute. I don't think much of them. Oh, boy. Oh, look at that person, they're a foreigner, they're an alien. Oh, I'm better than they are. And let's remember in uh, James and in Exodus, Exodus 22, we see that God has a special compassion in his heart for exactly those groups of people, the the defenceless the destitute, the poor, orphans, widows, and aliens. And James reminded of us, us of that in chapter 1, verse 27. Well, sometimes do we judge people because of their clothes, because of their appearance, or because of their wealth, or how much a person earns? Uh, maybe it's because of uh, somebody's hairstyle, or whether their hair is coloured or not, or makeup or how a person keeps their house and garden. It's never-ending, isn't it? There's so much scope for criticising another person. Uh, What about homeschooling? We think, oh, somebody might say, I look down on that married couple because they are sending their children to a secular school. How disgusting! They should be sending them to a Christian school. Well, they should be homeschooling, and it could be the other way around. And just let me mention at this point that Because we live in such a PC world, are we afraid of even discussing things anymore? That's just crazy because we can have wonderful discussions and debates about this sort of issue and be happily on good terms. You might even succeed in persuading the other person to your point of view. But let's not be afraid of having good discussions down together and sharing ideas together about a whole range of issues. We're not going to bow down to the PC world where all we talk about is the weather. How are you today? Um, it's a nice day, isn't it? What shall I say next? I'm afraid of offending that person. I'd better not say anything except talk about the weather. What rubbish. So this this huge range of uh, issues that, that Christians can judge one another with. I'd just like to point out that when we look at the issue of judging another person, It seems to go in a sequence. First of all, you make some observation about a person. You hear something, maybe. You jump to conclusions without knowing all the facts. Uh, Assume the person's motives. Uh, You make judgment. You condemn the person, declare them guilty, and pass sentence. Now, normally that sort of sequence might take days, weeks, months in a legal court. But do you know that can happen in my mind, in your mind, within the space of one second. We can go right through from top to bottom and come to number seven in one second flat, and we've condemned somebody. And it may even lead to carrying out some punishment as well. So we're pretty fast off our feet, aren't we, when we want to be. Well, it seems like sometimes we appoint ourselves as not only the detective, but the judge, jury, and executioner as well. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1, just as a quick illustration. And here we have the story of Hannah and Eli. And she came to the temple. And uh, we're in chapter 1. Okay, so here's Hannah. She's in absolute distress She comes to the temple to pray, and uh, there she was praying. Verse 12, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought, she's drunk. He thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Now, what mistake did Eli make? You see, in just one second flat, He'd made an assumption from what he observed, he'd assumed her motive, he assumed she was drunk and he condemned her for it. Just like that. And that's just an example of, what about if Eli had said, uh, just stayed and observed a little bit longer and then said, excuse me, are you feeling well? Is there something troubling you? What's the matter? And of course, when you get really close to somebody, you can tell if there's alcohol on their breath anyway, so he could discount that as a possibility. what I'd like to say here in terms of that list we had on the screen is often judging or criticising another person is over something that goes beyond what is written. Think about that for a moment. And the Apostle Paul brought out this point very strongly in First Corinthians chapter 4. I'd like you to turn to that with me. So I guess what I'm saying is in terms of Truth, yes, definitely we can judge one another, in love, of course. But what about uh, doubtful issues where we're going beyond what the Bible actually says? Have a look at verse, uh, chapter 4 of First Corinthians. And for the sake of time, we're not going to read a lot here. But we notice that in verse 3... I care very little, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Just think about that for a moment. If somebody else is setting themselves up as judge over you, it's the Lord who is your judge, and you are answerable to him. Reading on at verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Now, brothers, I've applied these things to myself and to Apollos for your benefit so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Here it is. Questionable items that we might judge another person on. Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? Now these are the kind of rhetorical questions that would just leave you and me absolutely speechless these challenging questions. Who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Do not go beyond what is written. i just like to say here too that that Paul was under serious attack. If you go to 2 Corinthians, you find this. A whole raft of false teachers who are trying to demolish Paul. They're trying to demolish the truth of the gospel. And in that that case, Paul is not just um, shrugging it off. he's on the attack because truth is at stake. And uh, so Paul is not just a weak person who's like a doormat. When there's truth at stake, he's defending the truth and he's defending his calling from God as an apostle. These false prophets were carrying out what you might call character assassination of the apostle Paul. But we notice in verse 3, as we read, Paul just shrugs it off. Man, that's hard, isn't it? If you've been attacked and criticised, you just shrug it, shrug it off. You, you feel so hurt. You think, wow, I can't just shrug it off. I've got to get even. I've got to defend myself. I've got to justify myself. But Paul says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. In terms of essentials, we know the statement of Augustine, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity or love. And we've got that in our prayer list. If you open up the back of our prayer list and look at the statement of faith, there it is. In terms of judging, then, we've been reminded when Andrew took his message about the WMD. What does that stand for? WMD. Not, no, it's, uh, okay, it's a military term, weapon of mass destruction. And we all carry in our mouths a WMD, and it has huge capability of setting forest fires and causing huge damage in people's lives. Uh, Judging causes lasting damage, hurts that are hard to heal. It affects love and trust in relationships, and it can lead to bitterness and anger and revenge. Galatians chapter 5 at verse 14 says, The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep biting and devouring one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Well, what does the Bible tell us about what is the source of wrong judging? And it's the heart. Matthew fifteen, eighteen to nineteen. The things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts: murder, adultery, sexual, immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. The tongue is a fire that is hard to attain. I'd like to tell you a story now from Luke 18, if you'd turn there with me please, and it's a very well-known story about the tax collector and the Pharisee, Luke 18 verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this (coughs) tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. And But beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So I think there's a strong link in the scripture between criticism and uh, a superior attitude towards others. I wonder if I can illustrate this by what I've got over here. So let's just have a quick look at this with some light bulbs. First of all, I'm just an ordinary incandescent. I give a nice steady light. Well, I look down on you, Mr. Incandescent, because you're inefficient. You use too much power. I'm better than you because I'm a fluorescent and I'm a long life bulb. Well, I'm a fluorescent tube and I look down on you, Curly because you're a funny twisted shape and I don't like you and I last for 20,000 hours, so I'm better than you. I lock down on you, Mr. Fluorescent, because I'm, I'm a high-pressure sodium and I lock down on you because sometimes you flicker, especially when you get old. I'm a blue spot and I look down on you, Mr Sodium, because you only give a dull orange light. I'm better than you because I give a blue light and I can spot trouble from a distance. I'm a red flashing light. Mr Blue, I look down on you because you're trying to be a policeman. I'm a flashing red light and I warn people of danger. I'm a headlight, and I look down on you, Mr. Taillight, because you're always looking backwards and thinking about the past and trying to warn people of danger from the past. I'm better than you because I'm looking forward. I'm interested in the future. I'm a halogen, and I look down on you, Mr. Headlight, because you've got your head in the clouds. Anyway, I'm brighter than you are because I've got a 500-watt rating. Well, I'm a metal halide, and I look down on you, Mr Halogen, because you're always running so hot, and then you burn out and have to go and get a new bowl. Anyway, I've got a nice, shiny appearance. I look down on you, Mr Halide, because, well... How extravagant to be wearing that shiny silver coat. Who would wear such a thing? I look down on you all because I'm the biggest. Oh you guys, you're just so much in the past, incandescent, fluorescent. Who do you think you are? Nobody wants you anymore. Everybody wants me. I'm an LED. Wait a minute. I've got an idea, you guys. How about if we all just got on together? We're all different, but if we stopped criticizing each other, we could really go a long way together. What a great idea. Hang on a minute. Mr. Desclamp, what's the matter? You look awfully sad. Is there something wrong? Well, yes, there is, actually. I know I'm a failure. I know I'm weak. And I just bow my head in shame. I can't even lift my head to heaven. I'll just say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Well, I wonder if you're like a light bulb. (laughs) What kind of a light bulb would you describe yourself as. And as Kanda took us la- taught us last week from chapter 4 verses 6 to 10, pride is a huge potential problem in the life of a believer. And we remember what Jeff taught us from James chapter 1. It's, it's really exciting to try and link up things in the book of James and see how it all hangs together. In James t- chapter 1, Jeff taught us about the, the downward escalator of sin where first of all it's temptation, then it's your own evil desire. You get dragged away, you get enticed. Remember Jeff had the bait and he was showing us the different types of bait? We, we take the bait, then we sin. Sin can grow and develop and become a habit, and finally it leads to death. And the point is for us as believers, get off the escalator early. Don't wait till you've gone way down, 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 down. When first you become aware that you're tempted... You're tempted to criticise somebody, get off the escalator fast. And James, as he writes, he wants believers to root out that harsh, unkind, superior, critical attitude that continually finds fault with others. Let's just ask ourselves another question then. If obviously we're not supposed to criticise one another, how about how should we treat one another. How do you react when you're when you are criticized? First of all, in James 1, let's not be quick to anger and not be tempted to sin, to not want to take revenge by getting back at that person, like just adding fuel to the fire. Romans 12 talks about do not repay anyone evil for evil. And 1 Corinthians 4 we didn't read this, but the Apostle Paul, when he's describing the agony of the, the abuse and suffering that, and persecution that he was facing, he said at verse 13, of speaking of the Apostles, when we are slandered, we, what? we answer kindly. Wow, isn't that freaky? Isn't that scary? It seems to be so against what we as human beings would want to do. We just want to get back. We want to justify ourselves and and attack back, but the apostle Paul says we answer kindly. Another thing in terms of how we should react when we're criticised is if we take the lowly place. Turn that off. If we take the lowly place, we're at the bottom. We can't be superior and be criticising anybody else. We're already at the bottom. Take the lowly position and humbly as a servant. And when you do, it leaves no room for criticism. We know, we know the Lord Jesus says in Philippians chapter 2, what did he do? He took the place as a, a servant. As a servant. He says in Philippians we read, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility... Consider others better than yourself. And once again, it seems to go against the human grain. We're all trying to be accepted. We all want to be loved. We all want to be looked well, well on. So we want to be up there. We want to be high up. Another thing in the Bible about how we should treat one another is looking at the verses which say one another. Now, as you can imagine, we're not going to stop and look at that today. We'd be here all day. But it's a really cool Bible study to do. Get your concordance, uh, get on your, your search engine on your computer and look up the one another's. Fantastic stuff for a personal Bible study. Then, okay, what should you do if you have been wrongly judged by another Christian? The Bible says you need to. Forgive that person, don't make an enemy out of them. Put water on the fire. If you've been judgmental over another Christian, the Bible says you need to repent of that attitude, turn away from it, and to stop doing it. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Let's think for a moment of Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 7. Let's go there, and the first five verses. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank or the log in your own eye? Now, can you imagine the reaction of the people who heard that, heard Jesus say that, they would have just probably just laughed out loud. I mean, how ridiculous. What a, I think Jesus had a huge sense of humor and he used humor, he used these illustrations to really make people laugh and to make them think. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And isn't it so true? Sometimes you criticise another person and within minutes or hours or days you think, oh no, I've got problems too. Like Gary was saying, look into my heart, there's all sorts of problems that I have to grapple with day by day. So we've got to be brutally honest with ourselves and admit how weak and miserable we are in God's sight. Let's go quickly now to Romans chapter 14, and our time is nearly gone. But this is just such a telling passage on the subject. The whole of chapter 14 running right through into chapter 15, and this is an example of what we read at verse 1. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. There it is, going beyond what is written, disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And we won't read any further on that passage today, but that is just such a rich chapter. It's so telling about accepting one another, bearing with one another, and getting on Together, have a look at this poster on the screen. Or well, let's, no, we'll go to the head first. Okay, here we go. Thought about this before you open your mouth? What should you do? Get your hand on the gear stick. Put your brain into gear before you jump to conclusions. And then the poster here. This is a poster up at Fairfield College, and it's a secular poster by the way, it's not a Christian poster but it's very telling, isn't it? <laughs> before you text, we get so, hear so much today about uh, you know text bullying, cyber bullying. before you text, before you Facebook, before you get on the computer, but whatever you do, think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Just before we finish, I would like to mention another subject, and it's I'd call it, what can we judge? Now, it's very important to distinguish between the two because you might think the Bible is confusing because one minute it says, do not judge, and then you turn the page and it says, judge everything and everyone. And you think, hey, this is a bit confusing, but I'm sure it's not rocket science. You should be able to see the difference that the wrong judging is that harsh critical, unkind, unloving, unjustified criticism of others. But the judging that we can do is we are constantly thinking carefully and evaluating the world we live in and everything around us. We're constantly making decisions. And God wants us to make wise choices, okay? Dave was talking about choices this morning. We've got to make wise choices about everything. And there's an interesting book on the subject here you might like to look at if you wish. In fact, there's two books there and they've got identical titles. This one's more about the negative. This one is more about the positive. Fascinating reading. But we we do need to judge anything and everything. And uh, in 1 John Chapter 4, it says, dear friends, don't believe every spirit, okay? We are not gullible people that are just going to swallow everything we see and hear, okay? We, we need to be cautious. We need to be suspicious of what we see, especially in the Christian world around us. We need to distinguish. We need to judge between the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, what honors God and what dishonors him between truth, half-truths, and lies, to distinguish between what builds up and what destroys. And in Philippians, we read, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, so here's the choosing, the decision-making, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the Apostle Paul also said, Test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. And again, he said in Corinthians, the spiritual man or person makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. So, in terms of judging, then, who is our judge? It's the Lord. And one day we as Christians will stand before the Lord Jesus and he will judge us. You read about that in 1 Corinthians 3. But the judgment issue there is not salvation. It's how you've lived your Christian life. And that 1 Corinthians 3 makes very challenging reading. So I hope that we can take that on board. I hope I can take that on board myself. The preacher always preaches the message to himself first. Shall we pray together? Lord, we confess at times we just fall into that easy trap of criticising one another. Help us, Lord, to be wise and make right decisions about what honours you and how we can build one another up and encourage one another. We thank you for your word, what it's taught us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.